a CNN reporter was assigned to take pictures and video of a wildfire. He hurriedly chartered an airplane, went to the private airport. He saw the plane warming up, so he got in immediately, slammed the door, and said, let's get going. Pilot took off. The takeoff was a little rough. He got up in the air. The CNN reporter pointed to the smoke. Let's go over there. So they turned. And as they got closer and closer, the CNN reporter said, I would, uh, I'd like for you to fly down close into the valley so I can get some good pictures. And the pilot said, how do I do that? And the CNN reporter said, well, just fly down close. And the pilot said, you're not the instructor, are you? When we don't pay attention, there is a price to pay. When I was living in McKinney and I would go to the hospital or have a meeting in Dallas and I'd be hurried and thinking about a hundred different things, four times I was in Sherman before I realized that I had missed McKinney. Now, if you're not from Texas and don't know the geography, Sherman is 30 miles north of McKinney almost to Oklahoma. When we don't pay attention, we pay a price. Asking for a friend. What if I don't feel close to God? How do I get closer to God? Every Christian at one time or another loses touch with God. For most of us, it's hard to explain. Like, how in the world did I get to Sherman? We talk about feel. We talk about distance. We talk about separation. And when we read the Bible, the Bible is full of characters that go through the very same distance. How do I get closer to God? Here are some of the questions that I've heard over the years and from you. Lord, are you happy with me? Why is it so hard to do the right thing? How can I reduce worry and stress? How do I get motivated to read my Bible and pray? Even though I study and pray, I don't feel God's presence. Why? All of these are related to our relationship with God. Finding that intimacy, finding that closeness. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. May these words be your words. Hide me behind the cross, O God, that all who are here may see only you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We often ask, what am I missing? Today I'm going to focus on a passage of Scripture in Philippians uh, chapter 4. And, and kind of look at what Paul is saying here about, about what it means to be in communion with God. Now... 
We're going to, if you open your Bibles, turn with me to chapter 4. We're going to deal with five verses there. But when you get home today, read the whole book or at least chapter 4. And you'll see the wonder of what Paul says as he writes from prison. Unfairly accused. Unjustly tried. Suffering because of his faith in Jesus Christ. Because of that faith, he says these words later on in chapter 4. I know what it is to have little and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well fed and of going hungry. Of having plenty and being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Even when God seems absent. So how do we connect with God? Let's look at Philippians 4, 5 through 9. First, expectation. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Eight times in this letter he uses the word or some form of the word rejoice or joy. Eight times. Unjustly accused. Unfairly imprisoned. Rejoice. Again, I will say rejoice. See, Paul understands rejoice not as an emotion, but rather as an expectation. To get close to God, we have to seek God with expectation. In expectation. To see even the valleys of life as an opportunity for God to work. And, And no matter what the situation, to ask this question... Where is God in this? Where is God in this? What is God trying to teach me? What is God trying to show me? What is the dance (laughs) that I am a part of right now? And in those moments of expectation, that's where we find God. Second direction. In 8 and 9, he says these words. And eight and nine, there we go. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard from me, and the God of peace will be with you. Think about these things. More literally, Fill your mind with these things. Fill your mind to overflowing. Fill your mind completely and wholly. And by filling our minds, Paul knows that we force out all those things that get in the way of God. Affirmation. 
Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. With thanksgiving. To pray a prayer of thanksgiving is to pray an affirmation. An affirmation, even in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our troubles, in the midst of our circumstances, that God is at work. And it's and as I've said before, to say thank you to God, even in the midst of trouble, is not to thank God for the for the stuff in our lives, but is to thank God for what is to come. To thank God for God's power, for God's might, for God's for God's working. As he says in Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according, according to His purpose. Our lives, our prayers, our worship should be an affirmation of what we believe that God can do. And when we, uh, when we affirm, we can do no other than to get closer to God. And, and here's the deal. Ortberg says this. He says that um, in terms of our lives, he says, to, um, to eliminate hurry. And in order for us to, to really affirm and experience God, we've got to take the time for it. I heard somebody say about Jesus that Jesus was always busy, but never in a hurry but never in a hurry. It is hurry that causes us to get on the wrong plane. It is hurry that puts us in a place of (laughs) of going 30 miles farther down the road. Hurry is an enemy of our relationship with God. And finally, what does God desire? God desires to be in relationship with us. That is God's desire. And God never gives up on us. John 15, 11 says, I have said these things to you so that you may be, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. It's in chapter 15 of John that, that John tells us that Jesus telling of the, of the analogy of the vine and the branches. That Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. We are to be connected so that we may draw, draw our lives from him. God's desire is to be in relationship with us. But unless we approach God with expectation, with direction, and with affirmation, we're going to wander away and find ourselves lost. I believe Jesus knew that about his disciples and about us. Because on the night that he was betrayed... He took the Passover meal and transformed it. As he transformed the religion of the day into a journey with God. As he transformed the 
the rules and statutes into a into a full forgiveness restoration as he transformed our lives he reminded his disciples by changing and transforming the passover meal and what he did was he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to them and said this is my body given for you take and eat do this in remembrance of me And likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, This is the cup of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from this, all of you, and be thankful. Jesus knew that they would forget. Jesus knew that they would (laughs) wander away. And they need a regular practice of reminder. And so he said to them, every time you gather together, break the bread and drink from the cup. Remember, remember what has been done for you. In some ways, I believe that's why we come to communion with our hands open. Right? We come to receive. But how do we live our lives? We live our lives like this. Reaching and grabbing. Reaching and grabbing. And how can God give to us if our hands are like this? How can can God bless us if our hands are not opened? If we are constantly reaching for ourselves and reaching for what we want. This is the posture. You want to be closer to God? Open your hands. God is ready. God is ready.